Many people have problems with art and not with reality. So what is art different? It's pretty simple, right? This is knowledge, this is thinking, this is thought. Yeah, it does something strange with your head. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. Bring it. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. My name is Ando. So today we have the last episode of the year, and it is a great one to go out on. We have Casper Eistrup on the show. You know, the artist Casper Eistrup, the musician Casper Eistrup. But before we get to that, just a little checkup. Things are crazy around here. I'm actually recording this the week before. It's uh, the 16th of December now. And I'm leaving for an extended trip to Asia tomorrow morning. And uh, it's, of course, the last minute for everything, as usual. So we'll be out for three weeks. The next episode will be January 13th, 2016. And it will be an epic two-parter with a very influential figure in the Danish arts world. So uh, screw Christmas. Y'all can look forward to that. So more or less every day knows who Casper is. But for y'all out there in the larger world, he was the frontman for one of the biggest Danish bands ever, Kashmir. They've made music for over 20 years, and they are absolutely huge over here. Also abroad, it turns out, worldwide, but especially here in Denmark. World famous in Denmark, as they say. But this show is about art, and Casper has been making art since even before he began playing music, and now he put the music on pause in order to pursue a career as a full-time artist. Now, musicians making art is not a new concept. Bob Dylan paints, Moby photographs. Rock and roll and art have been closely related for, you know, a long time. But somehow, to me, Casper's art is different, and that's why he's here. I can't really articulate exactly what it is, but it doesn't feel like the usual musician's side hobby kind of art. It goes deeper than that, and as you'll hear, he's not new to it either. He's, you know, he's been showing work consistently for over eight years. He just had a big solo show this fall, and uh, that's it now. He's a working artist. He's a professional. So please enjoy. Have a happy holidays and, you know, happy New Year's and all of that. And uh, please be nice to your family and yourself, okay? We'll be back in 2016. in a rehearsal studio and we worked there for three weeks and then we played our first show and that was always like the goal to just get out there and play we didn't have any songs at that point so we just played uh, like covers you know, cover songs and then I had a couple of my own songs that I'd written and we'd play them and uh, play those and uh, and then we just and, and we were on a roll from there we just played relentlessly it's, it's weird because I feel like the art world is Different. I don't know. Is there a world different? Because when you play music, it's kind of the same thing. You only get one chance to impress someone. You get one first impression. and mm, That's not exactly true. I guess when you're young, too, you just go for it. You have to get good at it. And, you know, the only way you can get good at it is by being there on stage, playing, performing in front of a crowd. You can't... You can never... Um, 
prepare yourself for, for, for what it means to be on a stage if, you, if you're not on a stage. And That's right. It's like stand-up comedy in that case. Like you just yeah. have to go up there yeah. and teach yeah. Yeah. shit for yeah. a yeah. long just, time. And be bad. Be really bad. Yeah. And then you find out, okay, this works and that didn't work as well. And if we do this, it has a good impact. And if we do this, that became too long or too dull. And Just and watching people and whether they start wandering yeah. back to the bar. Yeah. But I think that was one of our qualities that we, when we had our first record contract, when we had our record, when we got signed, we'd already played like a hundred shows, I think. So, and we already had a following. So, so that makes sense. You know, you have some sort of thing happening. Yeah. You're not just coming out of nowhere. No. Well, I mean, I, I was kind of looking around this morning and you, I've done a lot of interviews about music, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, obviously the whole story's there about Nirvana, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I think is hilarious. You guys are called Nirvana. It is. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but were you like there, you were talking a little bit about how you went to a school, a very creative yeah. school. And the only thing I didn't understand was that a school for bad kids? Was that a school no, for no. kids who <laughs> fucked up? Or was it just like, well, it, not intentionally, but I think it uh, drew a lot of bad kids. It uh, attracted a lot of the... It was something called Efterskole, which okay. directly translated would be after school, mm. which is a school in between the gymnasium and the... Uh, uh, right, like middle school. M- middle school, right, yeah. Middle school and high school. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, because Danish education system is so much a straight line. You have to make a decision pretty early, Mm -hmm. and you just, like, plow through. Yeah. And so, I guess there's a lot of people who, if they're not sure yet, what do they do? Exactly. And you burn out at some point after 10 years in school. You're like, do I feel like going to school for another three years? Right. So a lot of kids can choose, or you ha- you have the, the the option of choosing the after school, which is it can be one to two years, uh, uh, the ninth and the tenth grade. And uh, it, for for my part, it was the tenth grade in the school in Copenhagen called uh, Kastanjevej. Are you from Copenhagen, by the way? Well, I I was born a bit north of Copenhagen. I grew up in Jutland. I grew up in came back to Copenhagen again. Mm-hmm. Uh, not central Copenhagen, a little bit outside. Mm-hmm. I moved to Copenhagen when I started at that school when I was 16. And I never moved back to my parents. It's so. the funnest goddamn thing that ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> and then I met the other kids there. And uh, actually, I, the, 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 the two other guys in the band didn't attend the school at the same time as me. They, they, they came one year later. So after my year was over, I still, uh, I still, um, uh, I still came to practice uh, in the in the facilities uh-huh. at the school, and they had this wonderful uh, container, uh, a big metal container with a rehearsal studio inside, and and we could rent that pretty cheap. And at some point, we needed a new drummer, and uh, we went into the school and asked everybody if they knew about a drummer. And there was one guy that I talked to and he's I, I got him recommended because he was a very good drummer apparently uh, and and he wasn't interested because he looked at me and said this guy has got long hair it's not not for me not my kind of music no not kind of my, my kind of music and then he uh, directed me to go downstairs there was another guy sitting in in a room down there and that was Asker and he was 
he was a drummer too and he came out and we played together for the rest of the day and it was just an explosion of uh, ideas and mm. uh, and music so uh, and he was in the band and then years later i meet this guy again the first guy that i met and he was he turned into the most bitter person i, I was going to say that's such a bad origin story you know it's like you had that near miss jimi yeah. hendrix is like hey man you want to come play with the band you're like nah fuck that guy but years later he was like oh you're such a great band i should have said yes but yeah well that's what you get for not being open yeah but uh were you making art at the same time yeah it's kind of funny because i don't really know you as a musician no i've i moved to denmark in 2007 and you you were a customer at my job Mm -hmm. at that point and i only known you in the art context which is funny because people were like oh that guy's in a band you know and i'm like oh okay cool whatever um yeah which is funny because this whole period you've been i don't know if it's transition but you have been focusing more and more yeah. on making art. Yeah. Uh, but were you also making art back then too? I, I, I've been making drawings and paintings uh, f- throughout my entire life. Uh, my mother was a, an amateur painter and she was teaching in art. So as a, as a child, I always had access to all the materials and, and also her know, know-how, obviously. So she would guide me in the the right direction and i was i think i was when i was 13 i attended uh this uh animation class in copenhagen there was a, an american guy called jeff varup who worked for disney in america and he was um designing characters for disney and he came to copenhagen to do this uh clinic sort of class it was it was six months of one 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 time every week and uh, i i attended that and i i i learned how to to animate old school you know where you sit with this cell by uh, cell yeah 24 24 drawings per second Uh, and i was i was very young and my english was not really there so it was extremely difficult for me to understand what was going on yeah i think after i'd been going to these classes for for like four weeks i came home to my mother and and i said what does cartoon mean and she was like oh okay that's a good way to learn though just fucking (laughs) plow into it yeah so i i I learned a lot i learned a lot of english that way i bet uh he didn't speak any danish at all were you younger Uh, than everybody else i was 13 was everyone else older the 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 youngest one was like 29 or something oh yeah okay so I was just a kid. Right, so they were speaking English to adults. Yeah. Yeah. But it was it was very very interesting. It was extremely um lærerigt. What do you say uh It was a rich learning experience. Yeah, it was. I guess you would say. For me, um both in terms of 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 uh, language, but also I learned how to draw all these classic uh, Disney characters and and you know the whole uh, anatomy of right of the shapes human body and, and shapes and, and forms yeah it's so, uh it's that's a kind of technical education which goes a long way you know people yeah. say you can't teach art which is true to a certain degree but you can certainly teach technique yeah and it's so important because you could spend a year trying to figure out how to do the correct shading or mm-hmm. someone could be like oh try this yeah and you're just like oh shit that's yeah. perfect you exactly. know and uh and I, it was a it was the right age for me because i was just i was so open and yeah. You know, when you're 13, you can just learn things so fast that you don't believe it. Um, 
So I got a lot from that, and uh, and one of the most important lessons for me was that I learned that I was not going to be an animator. <laughs> because that is back-breaking uh, shit yeah, works. It was, it was just hard work, yeah. really, really hard work. Yeah, um, So, and then I started to do um, comic strips and comic little short stories mm. instead. Was this before uh, playing guitar? No, I, I started as when I was 12. I started playing drums when I was eight. And I, uh, and I started playing guitar because we, we were moving, so I couldn't get my drum kit with me. Mm. So I had to sell my drum kit. That was, that was very, very traumatizing. It's another history making moment, right? Yeah, yeah. And then my father said, you can borrow this guitar from a friend and you can start playing guitar instead. Mm. And, uh, I was listening to, uh, Thin Lizzy that uh, 70s rock band at the time so so thin lizzy learned taught me how to play guitar i was just listening to those nice tracks crunchy yeah. distortion pedal. yeah yeah uh, exactly but Which, did you have to make a decision at a certain point did you have to look at your life and say i love doing this and i love doing that and i need to focus on one um, not really because i think i i was one of those kids who always knew which direction i was heading in i i knew that what I was going for. What and direction I, was that? That was uh, art. And that could be music or visual art. Uh, so any open uh, door, basically. Yeah, but I knew that I was going for, for one of these two things, or maybe both. Um, my, my ideal uh, image of myself as, a, as a, an adult was that I, I would have a job where I could do both because I, my love were, was big for, for both things. Um, and it just consumed me like every day that was what it was about playing and drawing and painting came a bit later um but i was very much into drawing i was i was into graffiti as well that was my generation where where it, where it came to denmark there was one tv program or a documentary from america called style wars and that, that is was, an excellent, excellent documentary it is. made by PBS. It's exactly. still good. Exactly. And that was shown in the summer of 1984 on Danish television. And you lost your shit. And uh, it just changed the youth of Denmark completely. Yeah. That, that one documentary, when that was shown, it was, it was a different world. And it was, you know, we only had one channel back then. There was just dr1 danish radio one which yeah. the the broadcasting company was called yeah uh so that was a monopoly you know we you could you couldn't switch to another channel so when something was shown on a saturday night everyone was watching it right so so that after that came hip-hop and breakdance and you know graffiti and all that and that was you know that was our thing that was our generation you know mm. We couldn't relate to punk, punk rock or heavy rock or stuff like that. That was before. Right. But there was a, this was a new thing. So I started to do, you know, this. I, I found this, you know, it was like every, it could contain this, this, when I was watching this movie, I, f I found out that this is, this is me. I, this contains everything that I love. It's music and it's dance and it's, <laughs> it's art. It's, it's everything. So hip hop music so, too. Yeah. So yeah. we started breakdancing and trying to do electric boogie. And <laughs> How good are you at breakdancing? Uh, not very good anymore. <laughs> I could do the worm at some point. 
That's awesome. Yeah, no, yeah. actually, I kind of remember that moment for me. It happened in the 90s. It was the next generation mm-hmm. of, uh, of hip-hop in that sense. But, uh, but it's such a powerful moment yeah. when that happens. And it's yeah. just like 14 doors get yeah. kicked open. Yeah. And you're just like, ah, where did I go? There it is. There, there it is. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. Yeah, that was fantastic. It was really amazing. It was amazing to see how it's just the entire country changed from one movie. Hmm. Well, I guess there was no precedent for it, right? There was no one before who was doing anything like that. A little bit, but the, nobody knew about that right. because it was very underground at that point. But you never wanted to be a rapper? I tried a bit. And our, if you listen to our first record, <laughs> you can hear my, my very bad uh, attempts in the, in that area. That's um, tough. But... Uh, but uh and then later came rock music you know to me that was that was uh, i found out that it came from my brother actually and he was living in america at the time is he know? older than you he's 4 years older than me yep there you go that's perfect yeah and he was uh he was attending high school in uh, portsmouth ohio <laughs> oh, uh, so he would send all these cassette tapes back to me with uh, american uh poodle Rock, poodle rock. Yeah, you know the big hair, and uh, we call it poodle rock. Here. Oh, butt rock. <laughs> yeah. uh, you mean like scorpion and mm. uh, yeah, yeah, butt rock. <laughs> Quiet ride. Yeah. Uh, wasp. Yeah. Yeah. Night rider. Uh, yeah. The nudge. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So that became my next thing. Yeah. Uh, and then I started playing guitar. Then I started listening to. You know, my I, for my I think for my fourteenth birthday, I I received uh, from my uncle uh, physical graffiti by Led Zeppelin mm. at a record, and the, right, you I did not understand. Backwards, anyway. yeah, yeah. This was from the seventies. I got it in the eighties, and mm. nobody was listening to that shit anymore. So that was old, and I didn't understand it. I I was completely left in the dark listening to that music. It was like listening to Chinese music or something. I agree. I got Houses of the Holy and the same mm-hmm. thing happened. People were like, this is amazing. And I was like, I cannot process this. Yeah. I'm 12 years old. Yeah, I yeah. have no point of reference <laughs> yeah, to yeah, deal yeah, with exactly, this. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, 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 um, I listened a lot to it and it just grew yeah. on me. And uh, then I started playing electric guitar and, and then came all the other bands, Pink Floyd and, you know, all the 60s, late 60s rock music. And, right. Uh, but I mean, I guess the at the same time you just kept making art too, or yeah. you know, drawing and yeah. and that stuff. But so, as far as I understand, basically what happened was the music took off first in terms yeah. of career. The music was my uh, riot, so to speak. You know, my parents didn't understand it. Oh, good. Exactly. That I found the nerve. You right. know, I got you, motherfuckers. I, I, yeah, I found <laughs> the place where something that really could hurt them. Yeah. Especially my father. Yeah. He was into classical music. Oh, yeah. Only listened to classical music. He had a couple of Dylan records and a couple of Beatles records, but he never listened to it. Mm. Um, so uh, when I got my first distortion pedal and I started to, to play, you know, really heavy guitar riffs in my room, my father was just, he would, he would come running and just shut that fucking thing off right now. Yep. We're going to sell that amplifier and you're not going to play that guitar. <laughs> I, because he, his initial idea with selling the drum kit was to get the noise out of the house. Right. So he, he gave me the Spanish guitar and 
Right. And he thought, that's, that's, yeah, that's more quiet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but, but, uh, so that was my, that was my way of saying fuck off, um, to them. And my, my mother just didn't understand it, but she would support it, but she didn't understand it. Uh, but I kept doing the other thing on the side. I kept making drawings and, you know, when I, when we formed the band, you know, it was a perfect playground for me to do all the, the, the graphical shit, the, the logo and the, the artwork. Right. You had a place to publish. Yeah. T-shirts, designs and demo tape design, cover mm. designs, stuff mm. like that. Did I you always, always love that, that part of being in a band, you know, the whole visual part. The merchandise. The Yeah. Yeah. I did all the merchandise. Huh. Yeah. Did the other people mind? The other guys in the band? No, they no. The bass player in the band, he was very much into the the. He was he was doing drawings as well. He was he's very very talented, uh, draw, um, and he has a completely different style from mine. Uh, and we had the same starting point musically and artistically, but he just he's one of those guys who can just sit down with a with a pen and a. a piece of paper and just he, he's very natural when he draws i I'm, I'm more i think a lot about what i do but he can just you know sit there and draw and he's he's doing excellent drawings so we would sort of battle a little bit the two of us in between you know on on who could come up with the best uh uh t-shirt design or cover design that's good though but a little I, friendly competition yeah but i guess i was the more aggressive one so uh, <laughs> I would have my way as that goes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, did you did you end up going to a gymnasium to high school? No, you guys just started playing. We started playing, and then I uh, um, I got something called a Leaples. I don't know what uh, it's an called. An internship, I think. Uh, internship as a joiner in a company. Okay, joining uh, what? Uh, you know, a, a carpent carpentry. Okay. Uh, my father had an idea that I would I could become a good architect, and since once I didn't this music go, shit was over, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to have an education and all that bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so since I didn't want to go to school, I didn't want to take the gymnasium or high school. I had to have some sort of physical education. So mm. uh, he got me an internship at this company, and that was terrible. I was there for about a year. Um, Met every morning at the at the company around six, um, and um, and I would do all the cleaning and all the all the all the bad shit. Oh, and, a real bitch job! Yeah, yeah uh, you didn't actually job. learn anything. No, and then I quit after a year, and the education took three and a half years. But I quit after one year, mm. uh, and uh, and I got I got on the welfare system. <laughs> And my father didn't talk to me for three months, and that was perfect because then I didn't have to to worry about him. I could just play. That wasn't music his plan, I'm and, sure. <laughs> and uh, and then there was this in '93. There was this music competition, sort of a talent show, not a TV show, just something a national thing called uh, uh, the the Danish Championship in Rock, <laughs> where so it's like young a rock bands, of the bands yeah, kind of thing, yeah. yeah. And uh, and we got to the finals and uh, and got out as number two after a Danish band called Dizzy Miss Lizzy, mm. and I think that was the first time where my father really would 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 understand that there was something going on. Okay, they're, they're not that bad after all. They mm. they have some talent, and mm. 
uh, and then we got the then we got signed and then the first record came out and that was a pretty big success and uh, it just grew from there what does that do to a kid in that age i mean what does it do to your ego and to i mean because when you're in your 20s you in a lot of ways you're such a mess to begin with <laughs> yeah you know and so i've always wondered like what does that kind of success do it's not very healthy at that time but but i think my fortune was that that uh, that we didn't we we were not number one we were number two mm. we we didn't get that much success but we were we were like uh, an equivalent to uh, if you have the Beatles you have Rolling Stones you know that there was we were the other band yeah uh, so we had to fight a bit more uh, and to make a living uh, off of it and. Uh, and you know we we weren't you know all over town and all over the 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 radio and tv from the beginning it it took us like 10 years to become a big band in denmark mm. so we got accustomed to it very slowly you got to grow up with yeah, it yeah we and all that. yeah we could grow with it yeah. and uh, we still had to have day jobs in between tours to make a living mm. and then i think from from about 99 1999 it became my full-time job and I haven't had a regular job since. That's good. I think it's good not to just blow up like that. Cause you go from being, you know, a little animal to being a little famous animal, Yeah, you know, and that I think can be quite damaging also, you know, whatever it is or, and it was, art or business or, yeah. and it was to me, it, it did quite a lot of damage because all of a sudden in 99, we had our third record and that was really where everything just blew up and it became really huge not only in Denmark, but but also in other countries in Europe, mm. and, uh, and all of a sudden we could just tour through Europe with the uh, you know full ven- music venues all over, and 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 the the thing of becoming famous, you know, in the mid twenties, that was that was just weird to me. I, I I didn't know what to do with it. That all of a sudden people knew who I was and had an uh, opinion about me and what I was standing for. Um, was it ever hard to walk down the street? Did it get yeah, to that level? Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Because when you get that famous in this small country, either you, either you love, you, you love it or you hate it, you know, and a lot of people seem to hate what we were doing. Uh, so we got a lot of negative, uh, response also. Um, and then, our fourth rec- record came out and that became even bigger uh and uh and then i i guess we grew up a little bit and we got we we i think we've we've always been a very hard working band <clears throat> because in the beginning it wasn't it wasn't we weren't carried by radio uh and and tv it was not we had to work for it we had to tour a lot mm. uh so i think that whole <sighs> trajectory yeah was was healthy for us um and yeah we we grew up with it it was f- we were 16 when we started and and we we stopped last year so so personally what helps you with that hard work like what is it that it's something i think about a lot in art because mm-hmm. no matter what kind of art you make it, 99 
times out of a hundred, you have to work your fucking ass off. Yeah. And that's not something you see. You only see mm-hmm. the exhibition, the TV mm-hmm. appearance, the interview. Mm-hmm. You know, you imagine the bohemian life with uh, big long cigarettes and wine at 11 a.m. <laughs> and mm-hmm. all that shit. Mm-hmm. But in fact, mm-hmm. you most people just have to work and work mm-hmm. more than your average yeah. uh, office worker or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but you need something something that helps push you get you up in the morning to to keep that working yeah. well i'm i'm reading a i'm reading a book called the philosophy of andy warhol right now mm-hmm. and uh, and i guess you could call it the the andy warhol syndrome i think a lot of artists came from the same background as he did he was an outsider and he he didn't belong anywhere he he nobody could confide confide in him mm-hmm. he was just a loner um and I can really, I can really relate to that. When I grew up, I wasn't, you know, the most popular guy in class and uh, in school, uh, and I wasn't the, the 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 best soccer player, or I was I was not the best electric boogie dancer. Uh, I I was good at drawing, but that was not very interesting for the other kids at that point. I was good at playing guitar. That was not very interesting. It was like nerdery. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I I got my revenge at some point. Because I had a lot of time, you know, by myself. It's the classical story. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I had a lot of time on my own, which yeah. I, I, I guess that having, having so much time on your own as a child, of, I had friends, you know, I had, I had friends. I was not completely lonely, but, 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 you know, I had something to strive for or to, something to work for. Mm. Uh, and I had something to prove to my dad and to all the shit kids and that I was better than them. <clears throat> Those motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. That's totally true. I relate to that. I understand yeah. that. And like yeah. for some, there's some weird part that you don't want to admit of yourself that wants to be like, yeah, yeah. told you so motherfucker. Yeah, like, yeah. Check me Look out. At me now. I'm, on yeah. the, uh, I'm at the orange stage in yeah. West Kilda festival. Yeah. Yeah. How's that office job going there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, Say hi to the guys <laughs> in the bank. <laughs> totally. And it's such yeah. a, it's such a dirty little secret, but yeah. it's so true. It it's it so is. psychological. Yeah. That level yeah uh totally that was that's the best gasoline you you can you can get mm. that you have something to prove you, you have hear that kids <laughs> yeah yeah there's something you have to change um and uh i guess for me now it's it's just it it has become such an important part of my life to be in in some sort of expressive art language you know, or, or to use, to express myself through art. So, and I still have something to prove, but I don't think, I don't look at it that way now. It's just my, it's my language now. And I, I don't really separate the two things very much, you know, music and art. It's for me, it's, it comes from the same place. Mm. So it's just a different tool box and a different language, but it's the same thing, basically. Do you have to prove something to yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh... I'm very concerned with um, with the trying to evolve constantly and and get better uh, or get more precise. Not not necessarily technically better, but but I want to be precise uh, in translating whatever it is that yeah. that's on the inside to come yeah. outside. Yeah. Well, I mean, were you able to when 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 you guys really became big? Were you able to make art then, or did it just consume? Well, everything? I tried, <clears throat> but it was kind of difficult. I had all my notebooks that I always carried with me in my bag, mm. so I could do little drawings and and write 
stupid poetry and uh, diary notes. Mm -hmm. um, but and I had one exhibition. My first solo exhibition was at a cafe <laughs> in the center of Copenhagen in '99. Uh, mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. that was like in the middle of the whole storm that was around us at that time. Uh, so I, I tried to exhibit my stuff. I tried to to keep that thing going, but it was it was too difficult to uh, you know it, it's very time consuming to to make these images and and these paintings. Mm -hmm. So after that exhibition in '99, I didn't do anything for seven years. Did that um, start to weigh heavily on you? I mean, were you thinking about it and thinking, "Fuck, if only I had time to"? Yeah, very much so. Because I felt that I was uh, that I was betraying a part of myself because it was something that meant so much to me, and mm. I really felt that um, I had to uh, I had to listen to that side or to to take it seriously. Um, so for a long time, I was very dissatisfied. <laughs> uh, you know, on one hand, I was doing tours and I was having hits on radio, and it was very successful, but. But uh, but on the other hand, there was something that I couldn't express through through music. Um, so I so I think in two thousand five I started working on my first real solo exhibition that came out in two thousand six or seven. Where did that end up? There was a, a small gallery in Copenhagen that doesn't exist anymore. Is that uh, Falconer? Yeah. That's right. We were shortly, very shortly, uh, both exhibiting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, nice space, actually. And were you working at the at the workshop at the? Yeah, that was after your solo. I think I came in the beginning of two thousand and seven. I actually can't remember if you if I was around for your solo or not because I didn't start showing there until sometime two thousand and eight. Yeah, and at that point it was in late seven, actually. Okay, so I think we probably, I probably that was probably about the time I met you then. Yeah, uh, and then I got to know Bjorn, the old yeah, uh, yeah. owner of it, and then I started talking to him and et cetera, et cetera. We were part of a couple group shows together. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, but what did that feel like? To then, then that was fantastic the because then I did my first solo show there. That I, I consider that my first real solo show, and that was sold out. On the day we opened, and uh, you know, a lot of people came. A lot of important people came and looked at it. You know, collectors here and uh, got a humongous amount of press mm -hmm. on that thing. So that really came as a surprise. A lot of musicians here have tr tried, you know, to to exhibit their art uh, work uh, in various places with uh, more or less success. And this was just a, a you know, everything was sold and to the right people and I really felt okay there's something here I can, I, I, there's something that I can work it's with here it's such a pre pre like precarious position because yeah. that whole musician as artist thing mm -hmm. I mean people even clown Bob Dylan for making mm -hmm. paintings and that's fucking Bob Dylan you know yeah. like it's 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 I don't know it's seen as like they're betraying something in a weird way, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. that, that they're supposed to, they, the public deserves their music. And if they want to paint a picture, that's just some weird shit they want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think about that at all? Do you have to concern yourself with that at all? Do you? Uh, I mean, no. you obviously had a huge amount of success. So that, you know, the, the, 
it's it's not in terms of well, that. I, I was worried at some point that that the only reason that I would get any um, um, attention for my art was because of my my uh, status as a musician. Mm. And of course, that helped. It always helps to be <clears throat> a, a, a person that that people know of. Um, but I think the the reactions I got from 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 the more serious people in the art world was that was something that meant a lot to me. That it was this was not just a piece of 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 signature from the singer of of Kashmir. This was. Something that had something, some something more to offer. Yeah. Um, but but it, you know, a lot of people are talking about the transition, and if, to me, it's not really. It hasn't really been a transition. It's been. It's always been there. Well, it's just I've to always, us that it's yeah, a transition. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, of course. I understand. But but uh, I was invited to 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 take part in a, a TV show la- uh, in the in the in the spring this year where they wanted me to come in and and talk about my transition from musician into artist and I said that I can't do that because I'm it's to me it's not a transition it's uh, I've always been doing this and uh, so I actually said no to that I turned it down um because I've you know I've been going to exhibitions constantly over the years and trying to you know, to 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 uh, to be uh, updated on what is going on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you're obviously very, very knowledgeable. You know your musicians. You know your artists. <laughs> uh, whenever I meet you down at, at at my job, you're talking about some art show you saw or. Mm-hmm. You know, a chainsaw yeah. flying through the air in New York. Remember you talking about what? that? A chainsaw flying through the air in New York yeah, yeah. at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like, in a way, you've built a lot on studying other people. Oh, on absolutely, yeah. Both musicians yeah. Yeah. and yeah. artists. And you seem very particular. I mean, even your art, you often mm-hmm. draw pictures of specific people mm-hmm. and sort of mythologize them mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know all the references, but you know, you've got Karsten Huller on an old picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have, uh, you know, people, both people, you know, Tools is on there. Yeah, uh, yeah. What, like, what does that mean to you to, to look at other people's work in relationship to your own? It means a lot because I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a great thief. You know, I, I steal <laughs> anything. Most I artists can, are. I'm glad yeah, you admit anything it. I can get away with, you know, uh, and uh, I like to steal, and I, it's not a secret. Um, but um, and I like to, you know, I like to introduce people to people that they might not know. I like to introduce people to uh, to great artists or forgotten artists, forgotten musicians, or you know, the people in the shade that I think is very interesting. Mm. Um, so I'm always on the look for for that hidden talent or or these forgotten people. Uh, it's you know I love Jimi Hendrix, but I could never do a Jimi Hendrix portrait. I did actually at some point, but but you know that would be too obvious for me. It's more interesting to to take Klaus Dinger from from the band, the German band Neu, uh, uh, or his companion uh, um, Michael uh, Rother, uh, people like that from from Düsseldorf in the mid seventies. That was something interesting going on there. Mm. Very 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 explosive music scene there. Uh, so, so that's, that's what I find interesting. Uh, I just did a portrait of, uh, 
of Sid Barrett that's almost too middle of the road but but he's he's an interesting character as well he's yeah um, he's a story in himself yeah so uh, I like to show people that I like and people that I respect and people that are music that I'm listening to at the point mm. at that time uh, um, yeah what do you do you do any sort of self mythologizing too when you're doing this <laughs> <clears throat> You know, it's 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 all a big illusion. What we do, it's 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 an illusion. It's not really there. It's just something that we that that you know. I, I like that part of it to yeah. to make the to make the great illusion uh, and uh, to turn something that is not really anything into something just by putting energy into it. Uh, and um, I don't know what it means, but. But it's I, I like that I like to turn shit into something. <laughs> I use a lot of old paper, uh, something that was uh, in the trash that I found. Right. Yeah, you know about that because you uh, do. We collect. Yeah, you, you collect for me. <laughs> Which is great because I actually yeah. started collecting before I met you because I was like, oh, this is too nice, you know what? Yeah. But I never figured out what to do with it. No. So, yeah. Um, but now you found out. I did. Yeah. Uh, it's just interesting, you know, that whole thing, especially being a public figure, this idea of the self and, mm. and in relation to one's own work, because mm. you have to face it as an artist or most of us have to face it. There is a lot of ego, too, because it's what keeps you going. Mm. You have to have that ego when mm. everything is going to shit. You have to at least think yeah. this is worth it. Yeah. For whatever reason, this yeah. is worth it. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's not ego as in like, oh, my God, I'm the best. But mm. like, I mm. it just has to have that that mm. worth. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just, uh, I, I've especially noticed that you've always had these people that you keep working with and pointing to. Yeah. And, and, and do you think one day you'll stop doing that and start going elsewhere? Yeah. 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 I, and, and on, you know, this is one part of my output. You know, I have this series called, uh, thank you where I, th I, I, I give my regards to a bunch of people that that has had an impact on me or some sort of influence on me artistically uh, or uh, philosophically um and and that's one thing and then there's the other thing which is just you know where where I try to uh you know to place people in weird exteriors or interiors that is not really existing or something that is abstract because that's how I feel as a human being in the world and it's it's a very abstract world. I know this sounds corny to say that, but but that's that's how I feel sometimes. You know, life and, is pretty and, corny. And I tried, I try to, you know, it's 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 all kind of self portraits, even though I don't portray myself. But that's, I try to act on these emotions that I get at at a certain point and be relatively, you know, fast about moving into the idea. You know, instead of instead of you know, over, overthinking it, just this feels right. I'm going to do it. And then I spent an awful lot of time on doing it. But, but, but the, the initial, uh, ignition, uh, of the idea often comes from something quite immediate or something that is right now. Uh, like doing research, like looking in a book and a particular yeah. image strikes you or yeah, an idea strikes you. It's just a certain color or a certain, you know, landscape or something that, uh, that appeals to me. And as I say, I steal a lot. You know, I, I'm, I'm a, an, an, an art book addict. I, I, 
buy something like th- uh, four to six uh, art books uh, every week if I can get away with it. Damn. So I have a big library in my home and that's that's the best thing I can do. It's to go into this room that has bookshelves, you know, from from floor to ceiling and just sit there for hours and just look at all these yeah. old artists' work and just, you know, say this is what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this style or it's funny because that's not a dirty secret in academia. You go to any professor and they've got yeah. all those books too and they just yeah. reference it. Yeah. But, but for some reason, art's supposed to be pure and individual, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, but I think that's absolutely true. And there is yeah. no, you know, everything is built on something else, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. And that's just the way it's that about goes. how you filtrate things, you know, and what, what is your own filter? And, 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 you know, of course you have to add something of yourself. You can't just copy what you see, but, but I guess if you if you do it a lot, you, at some point uh, you will invent uh, your own language. I think each each painting I do, I, I learn a bit more. Mm. I get closer to something. Mm. I don't know what it is, but mm. but it always moves me in an, in another direction. Um, yeah. So now that you're going more into making art and working much more alone too, I mean that's the other thing. You were part yeah. of a team for yeah. so long, yeah. and now you're. I'm imagining spending hours and hours alone yeah. in a room. Yeah. Uh, that's difficult. Is it? Yeah. How so? It's because I'm a very social person. I like to socialize with people. I like to talk with people and I'm, I like to be around other people. Uh, I like to have dinner parties and I like to, you know, I like to be part of a team. Mm. I love that. The energy of being part of a team. And that's something that I miss sometimes, but I, I do have my assistant, my, my faithful assistant, my good friend, uh, Schubert. Um, shout out to Schubert. Yeah. Shout out to Schubert. And he helps me every day and, uh, and he's doing his own thing as well. He's mm. a photographer and a, a graphical artist. And, and we have our coffee every morning and we, we talk about books and we talk about music and we talk about what is going on and, uh, you know, suggest different ideas to each other and recommend stuff to each other and that's 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 my team now i guess that's very uh i would say that he's 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 a very important person to me in my artistic life he's he's like the man behind the curtain right 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 well you can't go it alone no, no, no matter what. And that's no. actually, you know, like I was saying earlier, that's one of the reasons this show started is because I really wanted to talk to people about art. I wanted, mm. you know, there's some idea about the genius in the attic who makes work and doesn't mm. talk to anybody. And then mm. once every six months comes down and sells everything. Mm. But I don't think that that's pretty rare. Yeah. Most people need input. They need to yeah. go out. They need to see other art. They need to, you know, talk shit about other artists. They need to, <laughs> exactly. you know, all that stuff. <laughs> exactly. Because it's all part of this grand kind of vortex yeah that we find ourselves part of yeah but now you are working alone and you obviously you are doing a lot of output you also have a relationship to 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 galleries now to art collectors yeah um how is that is that is that is there any similarities between the music world and the art world in that sense Well, I guess, you know, having a show, having a, an exhibition is like having a, playing a show, you know, I guess, but, uh, but I don't like to be, I, I actually, I hate to be at my own exhibition and my own openings. It's, it's the worst place on earth. It's worse because you're done. You you're know, done? all you can do is stand there and go, you, you can just look. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, watching people pass by your 
mountains of hours of work, you know, and they're just walking by and they're they're not really looking at it. They're standing with their back to it, drinking wine. It's so, it hurts me so much because I want, I I want people to say, wow, wow, look at that. Oh, look at that. Oh, see the details. Oh, look, there's a face there. Oh my God. How did he do that? Um, so, so I'd rather just be someplace else, but, but I guess I can't, I have to be there. You could have Schubert go in a Casper Max. It's a, to answer to your question, it's a very different thing. Uh, and the thing that I love about doing what I do now is that I don't have to make sense all the time. And I guess you don't have to make sense in the music business, but at some point you have to, it has to make sense. You know, it, it, there has to be a certain lick or riff or hook uh, or something to keep beat. the album together. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I guess there has to be that with the art as well, but I can, I can just, I can be more, you know, abstract with my ideas. I don't have to be so specific. Mm. I love that. Mm. What do you do when you're standing there on the bad days? You know, you come in here, Schubert couldn't come today and you're just standing there in this cold room. Going, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Happens to everybody, you know? Yeah. I masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> the champagne of good artists. <laughs> no, I don't no, that's, know. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I don't know. What do I do? I, I lay on the couch and uh, drink coffee and smoke cigarettes. Are you good at just saying, okay, today's not the day? No, no. not really. Trying to force I feel, it. I feel terrible about it. Right. Yeah. It's but, tough. Yeah. You ha- I have to, you know, when I'm really happy, that's when I'm, there's something going on. You know, I have a project. Um, I have a project right now where I got this, uh, uh, what do you call it? Sneaker? Is that a, the joiner uh, we don't have that no, it's you don't fine have- cabinetry it's the it's the fine work in yeah, carpentry yeah it's but he finishing. built these uh, panels for me i can show them to you later um and they measure uh 1.4 meters times 140 and they are mdf boards that are where i had i had him to cut different things into the different uh, formats into the to the surface of it mm-hmm. Um, and it's quite kind of interesting because it's not a, it's not a canvas, but it's, it's, it's more an item. It's a thing mm. that I'm going to paint on. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's my new direction to, to build things in 3D and they're not actual, uh, sculptures, but they are, they are pictures, but they're, they're different. I think it's kind of interesting it's a new project and the thing i love about it is to get somebody to build it for me so then it's i just have the idea and and they yeah, build it and i it i do my little thing and then it's it's there well i mean that's the tremendous thing about having a show what was it three or four months ago yeah uh having a sold out show mm-hmm. even if people uh, didn't you know even if you had to stand there Mm-hmm. and uh and not enjoy yourself yeah uh it for whatever reason provided you the ability to keep working and to keep yeah. fucking around and yeah. keep uh you know it's okay <clears throat> if you have a bad day it's okay if yeah. uh you know it's something that that means a lot to me and i think that's that it maybe comes from me not having an education and i've i've been used to always having to work for a living uh and you know quitting the band uh, two years ago or one and a half years ago was, was, uh, of course it was a, a, a decision that, that was very, uh, deliberate, but, but it was, and it was, by the way, it was, it was done in a very good spirit and we have a good spirit, uh, in between us. It's not, it's not, there's no hatred or 
bad air. But but my major concern leaving the band was, do I have a job? Can I make a living? Right. And you, you didn't, know? really. I didn't. I had no job, you know. And at the age of 42, and you're like, what are you going to do? You don't have an education. You can't. And there's stop. your dad just staring at you. <laughs> yeah. How about that Here architecture there, son? Here we go again. <laughs> so having a sold-out show was, to me, that it sounds so simple, but but it just meant, okay, I, I can actually do this. I have and, a goddamn job. Uh, I have a job. And I, I'm my own boss, and, you know, I can do whatever I like. And I, I'm not certain about, the, you know, the future is not certain. But, but, but it just proved to me that, I, that there was something, that I'd hit something. Um, it's tremendous. Yeah. Do you miss standing on stage at all? Sometimes, yeah. There, there are these few festivals uh, that I played where I think, you know, wow. That was just something else, and, yeah. and and nothing, you know, compares to that. You can't you can't find that energy, uh, right? Playing at Roskilde or whatever. Yeah, or Scannable, or you know, we we had this uh, big success in 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 Middle and South America, yeah. which was weird. It came pretty late in our career, where we started to sell uh, thousands of records in Mexico and and Colombia and Chile, Argentina and. Uh, that's rad down there yeah that was so so when we we flew down there we played there we played three tours down there and that was you know amazing to come to mexico city and play for thousands of people right and that was just weird mm. and you know going to a different country staying at the best hotels and just being greeted by a bunch of thousands of fans there that was that, that's something that i miss you know sometimes ah maybe we could just take one more trip but uh, at some point, we might do it again. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I was wondering. I mean, do you play music at all? Do you have any space to play music mentally? Do you have any desire to play music? No. Well, I'm I'm doing a show on Sunday here, which is the first time I'm going to be on stage since we quit. Um, but that's with a uh, that's a that's a uh, a guy uh, here, a, a famous musician here, who invited me to come and play on a couple of tracks. Uh, is that solo work? Uh, well, uh, I'm playing two uh, cover songs, uh, a Bob Dylan song, uh, and uh, I'm not sure about the other song, what I'm going to do yet, but I'll find out. So this will be the first time I'm on stage again. Um, do you have a stage right now? Mm, I don't know. I'll find out when we get there. I've, as we say in Denmark, I've got butterflies in my guts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Um, I mean, there's no but, reason you can't do both, right? In theory, if anything, it's just mental space. Yeah, but I think I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go out and do a a, a record now, a solo record. We're definitely not gonna do a Cashmere record for the next long time, if ever. Yeah. Um, I I have to stick with this now, <clears throat> and uh, I have a pile of work ahead of me that I have to do. You know, a list of people who ordered stuff and. I have new shows coming up, so so I simply don't have time to start playing music. I play for my kids every day. I play acoustic guitar for my kids. That's, that's what I do. Good, that's a good <laughs> yeah, concert. Yeah, it's a you know it's a good way to 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 stay in touch with the the instrument and yeah. the songs. Yeah. Do you? So, uh, I mean, well, so you got your job. That's what you got. You mm. got your wish for a new job, and yeah. now you got too much to do. Yeah. <laughs> What did you learn from this exhibition? Because in a way, I mean, you had the solo show in 2007, but this, in a way, is... It was the first solo show. Yeah, it's in a weird way, yeah, it was yeah. your first solo yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, what did you learn from that? 
<sighs> in many ways, I, you know, uh, I remember when I was in the band and, and each time we did a record, I always thought that I couldn't start working on a new record before I hated the old one. So as long as I still loved the old record, I couldn't do anything else. Um, It's a good rule, and, actually. And I guess I, I still like the my last solo show. I think it was, you know, it was just, uh, what do you call, up-hoping. Uh, yeah, it was, you know, so many years of saving up ideas and uh. working with ideas, trying out different things, and then uh, the, the whole... Uh, culmination but i'm very conscious about not trying to revisit the same things again i i i keep a, a line to the style that i'm doing and I'm, i'm still working and i still have my line i still have my my strokes mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. but but i try to uh to move in a new direction and so that's why i'm building these panels now just to to try something that i didn't do before i sort of worked a little bit with it uh Uh, a while back uh but this is more you know this is this is more um what can i say uh thought through thought yeah i don't know thorough yeah thorough there we go yeah thorough yeah another difficult word <laughs> thorough thorough yeah what's the most difficult danish word that you know Oh boy, there's a bunch of them. Um, I cannot say Avel. Alvel. I would say Alvel. Avel. And everyone says, what? I go, Avel. Yeah. Alvel. Yeah. When I first moved here, I said Amea, the island. Oh, down on Amea. And we're like, what the fuck is that? And I was like, that's that huge island south of Copenhagen. And they were like, oh, you mean Ama. Yeah, Ama. What about you with English? Um, um, Thoreau. It's those OOs. F philosophically uh, yeah. <laughs> thorough uh, but you wrote in english all your all your texts yeah. were in english yeah right? i i never i never thought about that that was just you know that was the music that i grew up with that was the language of rock and roll that was i couldn't write in danish that would be danish is it, tough it's tough yeah i did write one song in danish okay just one There's only one group that I know of, and I don't know very much about it, but there's one group who I'm really, really, really impressed with their Danish, and that's Milk to Coin. Yeah. The way they use the, the language is yeah. perfect for Danish. Yeah, yeah, it is. In my mind, it's absolutely perfect. Because they, they reinvent the language, and they come up with new words that doesn't exist. And, yeah, and yeah. then they use the way it sounds in such yeah. a perfect way. Yeah. But yeah, I have a final question, which is a yeah. terrible question. Oh, no. What is, uh, what is it for? What's art for? What is it for? Yeah. Uh, you know, art is, is the free space, uh, between reason and madness, you know, life it's and death, life and death, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a parking lot where, where you don't have to park anything that makes sense. You can, you can, you can do anything you can, we, this world needs uh physicians and doctors and and uh wissenschaftsmen right. uh science logic reason yeah. math and and we need artists as well because right. we need somebody to look at the world in a different perspective and uh and that's you know we need artists to uh 
to to you know to provoke and and to show us new angles. So when you look at something, you know, I I I I I love it when I see an art piece and I think, wow, that shit. I hate that. I I love that. I love the feeling of hating something because mm. it means that there's something going on there. Yeah. So, and it's not completely true because I don't really hate any art. Uh, but I like when it when it when it gives me uh, an immediate uh, uh, reaction. You know, right? Like I, you said earlier, the worst thing is indifference. Yeah, yeah. That's death. Indifference is death. I hate it when people say I'm indifferent. I don't. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. You have to care. Um, you have to make up your mind, and and you have to figure out what you like and what you want to do and what you don't want to do. Yeah, that's a difficult thing of being a young person because you don't know anything <laughs> and you don't know your preferences, and you have to. That's why you have to be a punk rocker or a hip hopper, or you have to be extreme. Um, you have to and, eat so much shit yeah, in order to get yeah, good. You yeah, know? yeah. In, in order to get good. And you know nothing and you're not good at anything. And um, How else are you going to get revenge yeah, on everybody? Yeah, exactly. Um, but, but art is just, it's such a beautiful, beautiful space. You know, it's, uh, I, I think, uh, was it Gerhard Richter who said that, uh, art is the highest form of hope and that's such a beautiful way of putting it I think because it's it's a hope for a better world or a better you know mindset existence, existence yeah. you know and, and you aim for something and and that's what the great artists do or did. Yeah. They they uh, they try to change something or the mindset of, of, of themselves or other people. My newest thing is uh is that art is truer than literal truth. It can't yeah. be written down. It can't no. be explained. It's no. just truer than that. Exactly. And that's all we have, really. Yeah. In some ways. But again, uh, talking about music, there's, there's something that I miss from music because I, you know, I've seen the most tremendous and amazing art pieces of the world, but I never had the goosebumps of looking at it. Never. Mm. I never experienced that. I don't know if you can get that, but you can get it from music. Mm -hmm. And that's what music can do. You know, you, it's mm -hmm. like perfume. You know, you, you smell a certain scent and you're like, you, you, you're 15 years old. You, you are in a certain spot. You're in that garden with that girl or these people. Yeah. Again. And you get back and that's, that's what you get from scents, you know, and music does the same thing. You know, you listen to a song and you're like, wow, you just gave me the chills. Cause it reminded me of a situation. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's that thing like where you're at a concert and all of a sudden you feel like crying. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm having yeah. the time yeah. of my yeah. life. Yeah. Like, yeah. why do I want to cry right yeah. now? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's true. That's kind of what it, it, it can do. It can drills, overpower you. Yeah. It overpowers you. It drills tunnels into something that you didn't know that you had in yourself mm -hmm. or that you didn't know ex existed. It's that space, that room. Can you listen to music while making art? Mm, not really. I don't do it too much. I did it while doing my last exhibition. Um, but that was, I think that was because I was, I was afraid of, of, of losing the grip of music. So I had to have a bit of music in it. So. Or losing uh, your own mind. <laughs> Yeah, and I was I was listening to Bob Dylan just relentlessly, just over and over again, all his all his records. Mm. Uh, 
all the bad ones as well. Um, that was kind of interesting. But but now I don't I don't really use music. Uh, I I like to have. I you know I'm not I'm not that aware of what is going on in the music world right now. Um, so I I I sort of. Uh, I've been falling astern. Can you say that? You know, I've that's my problem too. Yeah, it's weird, right? Because you used yeah. to be so plugged in. And you used yeah, to know I was. Everything. I would read every magazine about it because I had to be up to speed with 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 yeah. anything. What's but, that guy doing? Yeah. What's going on over there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but so. it is. Only, we only have so much attention, right? That's what you realize as you get older. When you're not in your like, when you're twenties, you feel like you can do it all. Yeah, but at a certain point, you're like, "Fuck, I need to sleep." Yeah. You're like, I need to yeah. eat dinner. Yeah. You know, like exactly. that kind of stuff yeah. happens. And then you're like, well, I guess I can't read every magazine out yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. And you know, on the internet's such a hole anyways. Um, yeah, actually last question when you work really analog in a weird way, it strikes yeah. me like you like using old materials, you, mm-hmm. like, you like using old techniques, mm. you, you seem to be very much, uh, as they say in Denmark, uh, Hunback, uh, yeah. very much hands-on, very much material process driven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that simply the joy of making it? Yeah, I I, I have a great pleasure in doing these things, uh, and um, but I think my my next uh, goal is to to lose the technique a little bit and to. You run really tight, like yeah. everything's really, really tight and yeah. well controlled. I have to be, I have to be better at. I'm, I'm working on destroying my things mm. now. Mm. Uh, so because I, I, you know, there's nothing interesting in, you know, art has to have a, a different uh, agenda than just technique. It has to have, it has to have. Uh, some sort of message, whatever that is. You can but, kill good ideas with too much technique. Yeah, exactly. So it's about leaving it at the right time or destroying it. Mm-hmm. Or it's not about being good. It's about what you want to say and or what you want to uh, trans express. Express. Transfer, yeah. 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 Uh, um, so that's that's my task right now to. To be, yeah, to to lose that that thing a little bit, um, less control, really. Yeah, lose control a bit. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think that's a perfect place to leave me. it. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Yes, Casper Eistrup, the illustrious Casper Eistrup, taking us out of 2015. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Undergang Armchair. Intro and outro music was kindly provided by Johnny Ripper, and today's interstitial music was provided by Saberlike. You can find links to their music and tons of other conversations with great people on our rock and roll band of a website, undergang.net. This show is produced in part with the kind support of the Danish Arts Council. Thank you guys so much for joining us. From the bottom of our hearts, it's been a great year. We really appreciate all the help you guys have done, helping spread the word, making the show what it is. This is a team effort, and we love all of you. So thank you. We will be back in the new year with many more great conversations, and we'll always be striving to make this show better. Thanks for hanging in there. 
See you guys in 2016.